0: Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic is going to be pictures of Sodom and Gomorrah. It's been kind of heavy lately, so I wanted to kind of lighten it up a little bit today. So let's talk about Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah is light. Well, (laughs) compared to some of the things going on in the world today, it is proof that the Bible is true. Now, they're teaching evolution in the schools. So many people believe that there is no God. They're atheists. But what I've got to present to you today, absolutely, positively, beyond any doubt, will prove that the Bible is true. So this is the book and the DVD that we're offering. I have to say, I was really impressed with this book because I've actually been to these places, all of them in this book. I've been to these places. This is the book. So it's right here. And it's got high-resolution photographs all the way through it. Really Really, I mean like, they look like original photographs. What I suggest you do is get this DVD here, because the DVD explains it. Now, the book explains it, too. On every one of these, it has like a a phrase down here at the bottom, right down here. And it explains what it is. You'll see that on some of the pictures. But the DVD explains it even better. And the DVD is, I think what they call a dual-layer DVD. It's actually two hours... It says three and a half hours, so I'll go with that. Three and a half hours. hours, widescreen, and then the book's 157 pages, eight and a half by 11, high resolution. That, again, they look like original photographs. They're really, really good. Now, the DVD is a gift of 50. The book is a gift of 75, but you really want to get both of them, so we packaged both of them for a gift of $100. But believe me, when you see this, you put this out on your coffee table, Some of your atheist friends or your skeptical friends come over and they start asking questions. You break out the DVD and you get them to watch it. And you'll probably be able to lead them to the Lord. This is really fantastic stuff. It would probably cost you $20,000 to get what is in this book. Now, let me show you what we're going to talk about today Sodom and Gomorrah. In the book, it covers five topics Noah's Ark, Sodom and Gomorrah, the Red Sea Crossing, Mount Sinai, and the Ark of the Covenant. Today, we're going to talk about Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, I've been to this. This is a sphinx shape. We believe that this was, they had a sphinx shape and a ziggurat, or like a pyramid, a pyramid shape, as you entered into the city on, on each side of the gate. What you're looking at here is a sphinx shape. Again, I've been to it, and here's a picture of both of them. In other words, we think that this is on either side of the entrance to the city. So, they're coming out of Egypt. In the pagan religions so they worshiped in the pyramids and they worshiped this sphinx shape here's another picture of it and another picture of it I got lots to show you so I'm gonna move a little fast get the book that's the point get the book now again I've been there and these are some of the people that were on some of the tours that we took there I think we've taken uh, like nine tours there we've been to Israel I think 11 times here's another picture this is in the book, and it, the point you want to see here is: okay, this is just regular dirt up here. It's just brown. Down here is just regular brown dirt, but here it is yellow. Well, what makes it yellow? And the answer is sulfur, because the Bible says that God threw overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. It's actually five cities of the plains with sulfur, with brimstone. That's what sulfur is. I want you to put a look at this picture too. This is. See, this is regular brown dirt, regular brown dirt, but here, the city here. I mean, he was very accurate when he threw this Sodom and Gomorrah with this, this sulfur down. I mean, it's almost like you can see a line in the sand. Okay, there is sulfur, and here is not sulfur. It didn't just rain every place, just scattered out. It was very specific. Now, one thing's, this is actually very convincing right here. One of the things you never find in nature is you never find a perfect circle. You never find a perfect square or a right angle or a straight line. does not happen. Not in nature. So if you look at these, these are the edges of buildings. And you can see that that is quite square up here, back here, and it's very deliberate. In other words, these structures are man-made. This is from some of our tours there again. Uh, we actually took these pictures. These pictures are not in the book. However, I want to show you where these are. So there's actually five cities, Zeboim, Adma, Gomorrah, Sodom, and Zoar. Now, this is actually a picture from the Jordan side looking down towards the Mediterranean. We're going to show you Sodom and Gomorrah here. This is what we're going to be looking at today. This lady walked over and picked up what appeared to be like a brick. When you look at it, it looks like a brick. She was able to pull it out with her hands, held it out in front of the camera. Now, in the videotape we have of this, which you can watch at uh, WatchProphecyClub.com. You can watch it instantly. WatchProphecyClub.com. And it's called... Uh, Conf, uh, let me get uh, confirming the Bible is accurate. Uh, something like that. It's been too many years. What thirty-five years or something? Anyway, um, she holds this out. Looks like a brick, and then she just squeezes it and just crushes it around her hand and just turns to ashes because that's what it is. Whole city's ashes. More of the people. This is Leslie here in the foreground and some other people. And what they're doing is they're like Easter egg hunting, except for they're looking for brimstone or sulfur balls. Here's another square signature statue, statue that stands amid the ashes. Again, this is not natural. This is not natural. This is not natural. See, you don't see square. (laughs) This was probably a big building, like maybe the town hall or something like that. Another picture of the ziggurat shape. The ziggurat shape and the spink shape here. This is some people that just pulled up when they were taking pictures here. Another, again, a square, a round. You don't see right angles. This is showing a really good picture of how it was layered. Because when this brimstone fell on it and it just cooked everything like it, somewhere around 6,000 degrees, burns real, really hot. It caused a lot of it to turn into layers like this, and this doesn't normally happen in nature. Here's a picture of the Dead Sea with the salt in the foreground. And again, we've been there. Leslie and I floated in the Dead Sea. As a matter of fact, I should have brought that artifact. I've actually got some Dead Sea water. Uh, I forgot to bring that. i got some other artifacts here. Let me show you some of the things I've got, Okay. So this is a sulfur ball. Uh, I don't know if I can... Some, some of them just fall apart real easy, so I'm a little hesitant to take it out. This one seems to be pretty good. Okay. Now, this is just... it. When it burned, it formed like an encapsulation around it. But here is the sulfur ball. Okay. Put that one back very gently. Here's another encapsulated sulfur ball. Again, We got these. We've been there. These are ours. Um, Some more. and We we could set this on fire, and it burns like in a blue blue flame, really, really hot. This is the biggest sulfur ball that we ever found, and it stinks. It smells like sulfur. But that's a big sulfur ball, and that would probably burn a hole right through anything. It burns so hot. And this is our other collection of sulfur ball and ashes and things like this, which I won't go to the trouble opening that up. It's a mess. However, before I go any further, I want to show you some other things that, uh, well, I'll show you that in just a second. This does not relate to Sodom and Gomorrah. I probably should have shown this when I was talking about Noah's Ark, but this is our actual piece of Noah's Ark. We believe that this is... um, petrified wood. Now, I have not had it analyzed. I'm not going to have it analyzed to see if it's really petrified wood. But I assure you, I picked this up when we were at Noah's Ark. It was like the corner of one of the deck timbers, and it was already broken off and just laying there, so I just picked it up. Also, when we went to see Corridathin and Abiram's Rebellion, what do you think this is? Now, most people say it's just a river rock. Actually, We saw these every place, and there was not a river. You'd be walking along, and there would be a whole collection of them. No river. I mean, it's desert, okay? This is a sling stone. You remember David picked up five smooth stones? Well, the people back then were much larger than we are today. If they didn't pick up these little marble stones... This was a slingstone. They're all about the same size. They're all nice and round, so they fly through the air really good. But can you imagine somebody with a slingstone like this hits this, probably going 150, 160 miles an hour, hit you in the forehead? You're a goner. So, I mean, it's, it was a powerful weapon. Anyway, let's let's keep on going. Keep on going here. Uh, here's another, uh, another picture I thought was very interesting. You see here, again, it's a right angle. Straight angle don't see that normally in natu- nature. Now here this appears to be almost round don't see circles don't see straight angles. Another thing I want you to notice here is the brown dirt, brown dirt, and then yellow again this is this is actually the city of Sodom you we know, excuse me of Gomorrah, and this is a picture of from a different angle showing you the ziggurat and the sphinx shape. This is from a drone picture looking down on the city. Now, a long time ago, these used to be streets before, again, God threw brimstone down on it. Wonderful pictures. But see, look at this. See, that's probably originally round. This probably originally was square. Proof, Bible is true. Another picture, brown in the background. And this is after 3,800 years of erosion. Inspecting the southern end of Gomorrah, we've stood here and smelled sulfur in there, and I assure you, when you're there, you smell sulfur. Uh, it's it's a city that is covered with sulfur. This is another uh, brimstone inside of where it landed. In other words, this was like trying to imagine something the size of like a golf ball or maybe a, a cantaloupe, and it's burning, and it's like tar, and it's hot. and Whatever it hits, it doesn't bounce off if it just sticks. And it burns and burns and burns until it either burns, consumes totally, or or burns what it's landed on. Or it encapsulates itself, and it cuts it off from the oxygen. And this is one that encapsulated, cut itself off from the oxygen. And that's the reason the brimstone hasn't totally burned here. Another close-up of some of the other brimstones. Again, here's another picture of it. That's brimstone. Yeah, it's sulfur. Another picture of it. More brimstone. All of this is in the book. Get the book. You, you can. Well, I shouldn't say all of it because I've got some of my pictures in here, but most all of what you're seeing is in the book. Here's crystals that cooled uh, the liquid sulfur. So again, it burns as long as it has oxygen or until it burns out. The swirling thermal ionization where the electrons repel and attract at 5,000 degrees. Now, on each one of these pages, it has a... An explanation below it so that you say, so you don't have to say, What is this talking about? This is laboratory proof of what it is that it really is sulfur. Now I'm going to zoom in because I want to show you something real interesting here. To the left is the kind of sulfur you find just about any place on the planet. However, this is the sulfur from Sodom and Gomorrah. The interesting part. The lab analysis shows the brimstone is 95.5% pure sulfur. This is not found anywhere else on earth. Normally, naturally occurring sulfur is only 50% pure. This is only 50% pure. This is 95.5%. So when God sent down sulfur, he sent the very best. <laughs> 95.5% pure sulfur. Uh, here's an arched entrance to, it might have been someone's home. That is until the sulfur hit. Another picture of an encapsulated sulfur ball. Again, get this. This is in this book and get the DVD. 100 bucks. You can be glad you get it. The first hint of crude oil. Now I'm going to jump to another thing probably nobody else can show you. When, uh, in 1991, when Hayseed took me to Israel, and he showed me where he had drilled the first hole, showed me a lot of things about oil in Israel. This is one of the places he went and took me to, and it's, it's the, well, I'll tell you the name of it. It's called the Wadi Himara, which means the river of oil. So first of all, the scriptures, Genesis fourteen ten, and the Vale of Sidim was full of slime pits. That's a crude oil pit. In other words, the crude oil would come bubbling up out of the ground in those days, and it formed large pools. And it says the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled and fell there, so they would run through these slime pits was like tar, and their horses or whatever it was, or even them running, would get caught in those slime pits, and they're just tar. I mean, you step in, it's like quicksand; you can't get out, and that's the proof that there was oil back in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, because it says the valley of Sedeem, the vale of Sedeem is saying the valley of salt, Sadim. The word in the Hebrew there is salt. So it says there was a valley of salt, full of slime pits. That's at the southwest end of the Dead Sea. See uh, the story on that, and I haven't talked about this in, like two or three years ago. I made a video on it. You can look up oil; just do a search in our our YouTube, uh, and you'll be able to find oil. Anyway, uh, so in Sodom and Gomorrah, when when when. Okay, they give me this story here. So in 1982, a man by the name of Hayseed Stevens was invited to go to Israel to meet Menachem Begin. He said while he was there, he said the Lord spoke to his heart and said the world's largest oil field is located at the southwest end of the Dead Sea. So he said, well, if that's true, it's got to be in the Bible. So he came back and he found 17 scriptures in the Bible that say in the last days, massive amounts of oil would be found in Israel. And he gathered up the money, and uh, they were in the process gathering up the money to go over a drill. But in 1995, he formed a company gathering the money. In 1998, Prophecy Club put him on a 10-city speaking tour. In 2003, he fell dead of a heart attack. In 2007, his former attorney called and asked if I would be willing to start a new company to continue the vision find oil in Israel. My exact words were thanks, but no thanks. My plate is busy. busy. I got plenty to do. I'll pray about it, but probably not. So that night I prayed about it. I said, Lord, uh, as you know, I don't have any $5,000 land around to give that uh, attorney to get to start some oil company. So if you want me to do this, send the money. I thought that was a great prayer. I figured it probably didn't make it through the ceiling and I was done with that issue. But the next day, a phone call came into the office. Lady wants to talk to you about oil in Israel. Why do people want to talk to me? I don't have anything to do with oil in Israel. Well, she's been a faithful $50 a month protector now for over 10 years. I think you ought to call her. I said, well, I'll call her. But, I mean, I'll call her. But now I felt obligated. Thank you for calling. The reason I asked you to call is because two nights ago, God woke me up in the middle of the night and told me to give you $30,000 to continue the vision to find oil in Israel. My exact words were, well fine <laughs> she said what? So I explained to her what's going on. So she sent the check, it cleared, so we started Pathetic Oil. Now no, we're not taking uh investments into it right now. Now if you're interested in being part of that, if you will send us an email to askstan at prophecyclub dot com. Just say I'm interested in the oil, vision to find oil in Israel. When that time comes, I'll email you and let you know. So the rest of the story is. So I set up an 18-city speaking tour from Beaumont, Texas, all the way up into Minneapolis. And I was talking on oil in Israel and uh, the fall of America and things like that. And it was June 14th, if I remember correctly, 2008. I just spoke in Amarillo that night. And before I went to bed, I said, Lord, I hope you please pleased. What were what we're doing here because not many people showing up and not many people getting saved. We spent thirty five hundred dollars per seating advertising. Well that night he spoke to me. I mean I heard audible words and they said, Stan, I will give you the money to drill the well in Israel. Unquote. And I said, the oil well in Israel? <laughs> but there was no response. <laughs> so I assume it was the oil well. Now my attorney tells me the time I say that I have to give a disclaimer, and that is, we cannot guarantee we're going to get the money drilled for or hit oil in Israel. However, these pictures are related to that vision. Now let me show you the pictures here. So the story is, at the southwest end of the Dead Sea, where there was a lot of oil underneath that, what I'm trying to prove is, yes, there's a lot of oil at the southwest end of the Dead Sea, oil would ooze up from underneath the Dead Sea, which is extremely salty. It's the saltiest er- water on Earth. Also the heaviest water on Earth. But since it is lighter than water, eventually these big pockets of crude oil, of course the butane, the propane, gasoline, anything that could evaporate, did evaporate. So eventually you had this giant, they called them bulls from the sea, but there's, it's a big, about the size of a Volkswagen, big clump of tar and finally, the buoyancy would be so much that it would break off. It would float to the top of the Dead Sea. So in those days, a long time ago, they would go out there in rafts, chop it up, take it down to Egypt, and they sold it. And that's the reason Sodom and Gomorrah was the first boom boomtown. It says, Josephus affirms that the sea or asphaltic lake, asphalt, okay, as in crude oil, in many places sends up black masses of asphaltum, having the form or the size of a headless oxen. This bitumen was sold, uh, set up in masses. One said the size of an island, another like a house. Let's go on, though. Here's a picture of what we're talking about, a map. When we were there at one of our tours, we would take people out and show them this. Well, let me back up on that story. So hayseed said one of the times he was there and uh, attempting to find and present oil to Israel, they took him on a helicopter ride, and they showed him where this river of oil is flowing um, down by the southwest end of the Dead Sea. This is a group of people that we took on our tour, and we went to see this oil seep, this river of oil. This is the river. Now, it's not flowing like water, but all along this ridge here, oil is oozing out of it. i have got some pictures here. You see this? This is where oil is just oozing out of the side of the ravine there. More pictures, more oil. More pictures, more oil. It's just oozing. Now, that's one of the places we want to drill when God sends the money for us to go do that. Here's Leslie pulling off a drip. In other words, it would just come oozing out of the side of the ravine and it would form a drip. She's picking up a drip. Now, we didn't think of it, but this is actually those drips. We collected drips. Over the process of time, they have just melted down, but uh doesn't look like much right now, but that's actually oil from the southwest end of the Dead Sea. Those are some of those dribs that you you just you just pick it off like pulling off a, a, an ice. What do you call them? An, uh, an icicle. Here's her pulling off this drip. More oil oozing out of the side of the ravine. More oil just oozing out every place. So we know that there's oil at the southwest end of the Dead Sea. Here's some more oil drips oozing out. Here's Leslie in the background. They're heading down towards the Dead Sea. So this tells you that this is real close to the Dead Sea. Now, this is what they call, this is a tourist attraction, what they call Lot's Wife. Actually, what you're looking at is a very large salt dome. So, so why do we want to see a salt dome? Well, the reason is is because... One of the things that the people that have discovered large amounts of oil have discovered, large amounts of oil are often found underneath a salt dump. Like, for example, the Lucas boys found uh, the, the greatest gusher to ever hit a spindle top, ever hit America, really start America's oil boom, and it was under a salt dump. This is what they call lots wife. It's not lots wife. It's just a big chunk of salt that's just kind of broken off. But the point is, it's a big salt dump. This is actually showing you that that is salt. You can walk up, I didn't, and pull off a piece and put it in your mouth. Some of the other people actually did put some of that through their tongue, and it's dirty salt, but it is salt. And this is a, a sign showing you that we're heading to Sodom and Gomorrah. This is Leslie and I at uh, in, in Israel. There's is a close-up of us in Israel. See, it's proof we used to be young. Proof we used to have darker hair. <laughs> anyway, so... That's what we're talking about uh, in Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm encouraging everyone to fast and pray on our face four times a day. And we're asking you to fast, uh, start the fast immediately and go until midnight of April 18th. We're praying that uh, on April 18th, there is not a suitcase nuke detonated in Times Square or anyplace else in America. And on May 20th, there is not a scientist that is murdered. I'm asking for people to have No solid food, juice and coffee is okay, take your meds, and do not hurt yourself. So what we're asking you to do today is to get this book in DVD. Now, hang on, hang on. I'm going to put a challenge out there. I've had several emails come to me lately, and people will be repenting. I've been watching you for for years, and I never sent a donation until right now. And, oh, I'm really sorry. I know I should have a long time ago. But anyway, here's my donation. So let me first speak to all of the people that have never supported this ministry. I'm going to ask you this time to consider supporting it. And it's not about money. I want to get you excited about proving that the Bible is true. I think you will be so amazed by this book. It's, it's book and DVD. This book is just high. Well, here's a picture of what we were just talking about. High quality, full color photographs, eight and a half by 11, big. I mean, really nice stuff. And when I saw this book, I said, oh, I gotta have it. <laughs> I gotta have it because I've been there. I mean, less than I have been there, we, we know this stuff's true. We've been there. You know, we got our own photographs, a lot of this stuff. This, if we really are in the last days, and I think we both believe we are, then see, God has put archaeological evidence into the earth to convince those people that will be convinced, some people you never convince, and what this book and DVD are is, some, is, is, is giving you the ability to put in your hands the ability to explain the validity and the truth of the Bible. Now, here's what we're asking, okay? So the book is $75, but you can buy your $3,000 airline ticket. You can go to Turkey. You can go to Israel. You can spend four or $5,000 looking for this stuff. You won't find it. You will not find them. I'll tell you right now. You will not find the things that are in this book because you won't have God guiding you and directing you. Some places you can't even get into today. So for $75 for that book, bargain. Bargain. It's about winning souls. Now this is a three-and-a-half-hour double DVD. That's only one disc. It's not two discs. It's one disc. But it's a, a double layer. It's three-and-a-half hours. And this explains the things that are in the book. So you need both. Don't think about getting one or the other. Get both. So we're doing this. The DVD is 50. The book is 75, but you can get both of them for a $100 donation at prophecyclub.com. Now, I got the the box behind me to show you. We just got them in. We just got them in at the the warehouse, and we are all ready to ship book and DVD. All you got to do is go to prophecyclub.com and place your order, and if you want to, you can even have them overnighted to you. I encourage you to sign up for Train the Prophets training class that will be April the 21st to April the 24th, 2022. It's not just for prophets, nor is it just for apostles. It's for all those that are called to be in ministry. So that's April the 21st to April the 24th, 2022. Go to traintheprophets.com. Sign up quickly because there is a limited seating. I'm going to show you how I make wheat bread in about 60 seconds. Now, it actually takes two hours and 30 minutes, including organizing all of the ingredients which I have already put together. So first thing I do is I turn on the mill. I let it wind up, I put in four cups of wheat berries. That's what the wheat berries look like, they're just seeds. You can see what they look like. That takes about 30 seconds. That's turning the seeds into flour, real flour, the way God intended it. Always let it spin up before you put the wheat in. Now to keep it a little quieter, I'm going to put the lid on. There you go, that's it. Thirty seconds, took four cups of wheat berries and turn it into flour. Now, I take the wheat flour right here. Nice wheat flour. I'm afraid to tip it too much, but there you go, wheat flour. This is, as it says here, water, salt, honey, olive oil, and two eggs, and this is the thermometer that is reading 100 degrees. We even send you the thermometer. Then we pour it into the bread machine. Then we pour the wheat on top. Then we put in the lecithin and the yeast. So I have added the flour here. Now what I do is I first of all I add a a tablespoon, actually it says two tablespoons, this way I do it though. A pretty good helping spoon, and I just put that off to the side, then I move the flour around and I dig a little pit for the yeast. And I keep the yeast in a sealed container. It goes bad if you just put in the refrigerator, just uh, in the bag. So then I put a tablespoon of yeast right in the little grave, and I cover that up. And I'm done, except for setting it. So now I open the bread machine. I put all of you. I take the thing off, I don't want to cook that. Put this in the bread machine. I already have the bread machine preset to the settings that I want. Okay, so then I push here and I go up to number 12, there, and that didn't seat good, there, 12, and then I push play or go. Two hours and 20 minutes from now, I will have a nice hot steaming loaf of bread. Total time, two hours, 30 minutes, My time, 10 minutes, josephskitchen.com, josephskitchen.com, it's God's famine food. It is the cheapest way that two people can live in a time of famine, josephskitchen.com. So now our bread is finished cooking, and this is what it looks like now that it is all finished cooking, and it is a perfect loaf. Then what we do is we take this loaf out, which it's too hot for me to touch, so I'm not going to take it out right now. But what we would do is put it in this bread slicer. The bread slicer comes with your mechanics package, and then you just put this in here and slice your bread like that. I also, the, the knife comes with it. We do not supply, apply the bread box, but I do recommend you have a bread box, and then what you want to do is keep your bread in the bread box like this. You want to keep the light off of it and uh, keep it moist. And I wanted to also show you what it is the difference between whole wheat bread and the stuff in the store. Okay, so this is a one-pound loaf I just bought in the store. That's one pound, okay, compared to... If I can get this. Three pounds. This is a three pound loaf. In other words, this actually has some weight to it. Why? Because it's not all air. It's actually nutrition. This is not, now I want to compare one of the slices. So this is one of the slices from the nothing bread. This is one of the slices from my bread. You can see the difference. See that? Two slices of this a day sustains a person. Probably a half a loaf, probably a whole loaf every day would not sustain a person because there's nothing to it. The nutrition part of it has been taken out. So if you look at the difference here, that's the reason we say two of these kind of slices is a meal and it sustains you. Uh, So, I suggest that you take this out. Again, it's too hot for me to take out yet. I mean, I I can dump it out, but take it out, put it in the slicer, slice it up, put it in the bread box. The bread box is not part of the mechanicals, so you have to choose one, and you'll probably have to choose a large one because the the loaves that come out of this are so much larger. Anyway, so it's excellent bread. Berkey water filters have arrived. see, most companies these days are out of Berkey water filters, but we just got a new shipment. Berkey water filters at prophecyclub.com. The good news is EMP Shield has devices the military testing facility says protect 100% against EMP solar flares, lightning, power surges, backed by a 10-year warranty and a $25,000 insurance policy. View simple video installation instructions for home, vehicles, RV. You can have electricity in a blackout. Use the promo code PROPHECY for a $50 gift card and it helps your prophecy. Click like, share, subscribe, and send to a friend.